Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe in a power greater than what you are going through when you don't know what to do. That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles and from the Big Apple in New York City, welcome to all my guests and listeners out there in Radio Land. I am Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com, usually along with my lovely co-host Adrian Gruberg at thecaregiverspace.org, but she has a physical therapy appointment today and could not make it, but she'll be back next week. And we're also coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 global audio and video platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, and a whole bunch more. (laughs) In fact, we're proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and number two caregiver podcast on Feedspot out of the top 60, number two caregiver podcast on CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. Susan Bratton's insightful wisdom blends the three interlocking circles of passionate lovemaking techniques, bedroom communication, and sexual regenerative, I got to get this word, regenerative, there we go, regenerative healing. And, but before we get going, I want to take this moment to thank my last week's guest, Frank Guta, CPA and certified retirement specialist for over 35 years. And he gives a lot of good financial advice. A reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview, all our interviews, including this one on caregiverdave.com or any of the other 26 global networks I mentioned earlier. All right, enough of that. Susan, welcome to the Caregiver Dave Show. We're so excited to have you on. Hi, Dave. Great to be here. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me and being willing to have someone who talks about sex on your show. <laughs> Believe it or not, you're not the first one to come on the show talking about sex. We even had a a person who called herself the naked podcaster who talked about sex and she was actually naked, or at least it looked like she was, but you know, from the waist up, that was also a fun show, <laughs> but I'm glad you're wearing clothes today. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> let's, let's get right to it. Why is physical intimacy, intimacy so important, especially for caregivers of spousals, spousal caregivers. That's what I wanted to say. Uh, my wife had a stroke 25 years ago, and our relationship changed a lot. And, yeah. you know, it was very tempting to, you know, become roommates instead of uh, spouses. It's just how to find the new normal. So what's your experience with that, the physical intimacy aspect? Uh, a lot of people, you know, sleep in different bedrooms. Oh, well, he snores. But I think it's important to stay in that, in that room, do whatever it takes. Yeah, well, luckily, snoring can be fixed. These days, we know what to do. That's um, what they say, yes. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, instead of just speaking specifically about caregivers in general, which was mm-hmm. what I was prepared to do to answer that question, you you put the the brackets around spousal caregiving. And, mm-hmm. and that actually makes it a little bit even easier for me to answer because um, I actually have a technique called the magic pill method. Because what I found in working with thousands and thousands of people over the over these many years, going on almost 20 years, is that when something happens in a relationship, um, mental, physical health issue, or a betrayal, they're kind of like 80% 
of the things that happen are me- mental and physical, and 20% are betrayal, um, people stop having, th- when they stop having the regular sex that they used to have, they stop doing anything mm. and they end up not touching, not having affection because. I don't know, in a way, they're kind of afraid to start something they can't finish. <laughs> well, we just don't do that anymore. Yeah. And the magic pill method is actually yeah. a three-step strategy for people to understand. It essentially goes like this. And you can get the full technique. It's a free technique. I've, I've, been, I've gone on national television, uh, Dr. Nandy show, talking about this as well. Um, it's at magicpillmethod.com. Um, and it's essentially where you and your partner make a list of the things that you used to do that you miss and what you could still do on that list, even when your partner might be physically and emotionally challenged. And then you have a nice meal together, you're well watered, and you sit down on the couch and you hold hands and you each read your list out loud. And then you just listen, you don't do anything. You just, then you take a break and you come back a few days later and you go through your partner's list and say, I still want to do this with you and this with you and this with you. I could still do this with you and this with you and this with you. And it gives you a subset and maybe even some new ideas of things you could do together that you never did before, but that will give you attention, affection, presence, touch, And I think then you can look at, is the issue that's holding us back from having all of the intimacy that we used to something that could be fixed? Because there are actually, you know, sometimes you have to work around things and sometimes you have to compromise. And sometimes there are solutions to problems that a couple isn't necessarily aware even exist. And there's the going out and looking for the solution to a problem that might also exist. So then you end up with a list of the things you can still do so that you can come back together with this kind of negotiated agreement that these are all things that are possible. Because what I found is that when people have, when they, when they hit a wall, when they hit a problem, they stop everything. And so this is a way to get back to some things. We don't need, we don't have to have intercourse for it to be sex. We can have a lot of other wonderful things that make us feel just as good. So that's the, that's the solution that I would offer right out of the gate, the magic pill method. Wow. And that really, uh, makes sense to me because I have also felt that way, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, my wife and I kiss a lot, but, uh, something in my head as I'm kissing her saying, where are you going with this? You know? And so, you know, I'll pull back and, uh, I'm going to be going to, what is it again? Uh, um, magic, magic pill method.com. And see if I can learn something. And we can all learn. So I learn things every day. I'll learn something from talking to you, Dave. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. So, and how do we ask, uh, let's talk about the list because there's some things on the list that I wouldn't put down because I know she couldn't do it. And I know she feels bad about not doing it. So is it okay to leave that off the list? Yes. Or, or would that yeah. be not honest? No, I, I think you can, what I think you could do in that case is these are things that, 
this is one of the things you do during that process. I was just trying to make it more simple, sure. you know, just for time sakes, we have such a short sure. time together and I want to give a lot of tips and techniques, yes. but in the magic pill method, it talks about how to deal with that. And one of those things is to write down the things that you used to do that you missed and talk about how you could find a compromise to approximate them, even if a physical or emotional issue is in the way of it being completely the way it used to be. Yeah. So because we are so short on time, I'm going to let you talk about what you want to talk about so that you cover all the important things as opposed to me, who I might miss some important things. So go ahead. That's okay. I gave you lots of things we could potentially talk about. You can, you can decide. Well, let's have the show for spousal caregivers, you know, all of the um, issues that, that a spousal caregiver has, maybe one of them uh, is no longer uh, sexual or can have sex. You know, maybe yeah. the male had a prostate uh, removed or the, the female, mm-hmm. you know, had uh, whatever it is they have that takes away their sexual desire. And, um, uh, you know, maybe they're getting older now and just, it's just old age, you know, and maybe things don't work like they used to. How do you, because my wife and I, we had a fairy tale story with romance, you know, 47 years ago. And, We've been very romantic ever since, before and after the stroke, because, um, you know, every Thursday we have our date day and we don't, she's very uh, protective of that. And sometimes when a, something has to take its place because of business or whatever, she gets very upset. <laughs> I, I really try not to, uh, you know, keep that, I try to keep that date open. So yeah. what do you recommend for uh, spousal caregivers Uh, of all of the issues that you could imagine that they are going through? Well, you talked about some very specific physical issues. Um, The things that you mentioned were things like erectile dysfunction or loss of libido. And when there are health Mm. issues, you have to think about your libido as the other side of the same coin of your overall health. Your sexual vitality is part of your your overall vitality. When you don't feel well, you have loss of libido. But you can, libido is not a a switch that turns on or off. Libido is a rheostat, a rheostat. So it's slow, you can slowly turn the heat back on to someone who's lost their libido by nurturing them and improving their health and their nutrition and their exercise and all of the things that build our vitality, you know, whatever those things are that build our health and our resilience and our resourcefulness also build our libido. But another thing that is very, very helpful is to not presume that it's an on off switch, but that you can nurture your desires for each other back to life. And one of the ways that you can do that is to slowly, uh, people's arousal and their, their desire for sex are desire is how I, how I feel about myself and how I feel about you. And how I feel about myself, if I'm not feeling well, is, oh, I don't feel good enough to have sex. And When you do feel well, you can take small baby steps toward more intimacy. And intimacy is really, uh, one of the books that I wrote is Sexual Soulmates, The Six Essentials for Connected Sex. And if, if you think about sex not as intercourse, but as intimate connection, touch, closeness, 
affection, um, that it's that it's just holding and being held, co-regulating each other, giving neck rubs and back rubs and foot rubs. Perhaps it's breast play or fondling a penis. It doesn't have to go all the way to intercourse to still be sexy. And the baby steps, the small incremental physical touches, the expressions of love, looking each other in the eyes, connecting hearts, breathing together. These are some of the most important parts of passionate lovemaking. Mm -hmm. It's not the fact that a penis went in a vagina. It's that we are close and connected and we see each other. We witness each other. It's us here in this moment together. The world is out there and we have each other. And when you stop touching and you stop everything, you miss that so much. Um, One of the things that I wanted to talk to you about was, was the four kinds of touch. Because touch is fundamental. Affection and touch and eye connection and heart connection are fundamental types of things that we all need. One of the senses, yeah. It is. They're all senses. What I was just talking about was sensuality. The senses, uh, looking through your eyes, smelling your lover, feeling their heart, the energetic connection, the touch, the breath, the sound of your lover's voice. That's what intimacy is. It's not just friction. And the four kinds of touch are nurturing, sensual, sexual, and healing. Mm. Nurturing touch is kind of the touch you would touch a baby with or child. And healing touch is massage, rubbing out an owie, you know, things like that. Sensual is touching for the pleasure of touching without expecting sex. And sexual touch is the kind of touch that expands arousal and heightens pleasure, sexual pleasure. Mm. And so a lot of times when couples have become, when you're not realizing that receiving touch and giving touch are equally important, that you have to both be willing to receive caregivers, especially they're so focused on giving They're the ones providing, they're the giver. And yet learning to receive touch from your spouse and allowing your spouse to give back that touch to you is a gift you give them. And giving nurturing touch and healing touch and sensual touch are 99% of the way there And you don't necessarily need sexual touch, but there is sexual touch that can still be done for people who are very, very ill and who don't feel great at all, but they can still enjoy the pleasure of a breast massage or caresses to their cheeks and kisses to their eyelids. Or if you can't have intercourse, you can have oral pleasuring, manual pleasuring. These are... These are the kinds of things that still feel really good, even when you can't go all the way. So um, I think thinking about touch and heart connection um, is a really good way to think about coming back to intimacy. Yeah, very good. Good stuff. Um, Let's talk about your book, Sexual Soulmates. 
Yeah. <coughs> Hold on a second. So why did you write it and what do you hope people will get out of it? I wrote Sexual Soulmates because one of my very good friends and best-selling uh, book author, Ariel Ford, wrote a book called How to Turn Your Mate into Your Soulmate. And she asked me to write the chapter on sex, how to turn your mate into your sexual soulmate. And there are a lot of people in relationship who don't really feel like their mate is their sexual soulmate. They feel like they have sex, but it's not soul satisfying. So in writing that chapter, I came up, I thought about all of the advice I've given, because that's basically what I do is I give advice on sex and intimacy to people, whether it's communication skills, sex techniques, or these regenerative treatments that a lot of people are unaware of. Oh, my husband has ED, so we can't have sex anymore. Well, let's reverse that. It's easy. Well, uh, my vagina is so dry that it hurts to have sex. Well, let's fix that. You can fix it. How do you fix it? People just don't know there are solutions to genital atrophy and aging and damage and things like that, but there definitely are. And uh, she, so I thought long and hard about all of the techniques and ideas I've used and all of the advice that I've given and all of the, I get a lot of appreciation mail all the time from people. You saved my marriage. You saved my life. Thank you so much. I would have never figured it out. You know, and I, I do this for free because I basically publish passionate lovemaking techniques and people buy them or they don't. And it's okay with me. I still just give advice to anyone who wants it. I'm not a therapist. I'm a passionate lovemaking expert. And I thought about all of the things and I said, okay, well, these are the core things that really make a difference. I'll, I'll hold the book up now. I, I know that we're mostly doing radio, but at least you can get a look at the book itself, Sexual Soulmates. And I thought to myself, what are the things that are the most fundamental? What are the essentials? And how do these move the needle? And it turns out that the things that are the most important are, first of all, presence, Really being there in the room, not thinking about the past, not looking toward the future, being really present with your, the one of the reasons your wife loves your dates is that she gets all your attention mm -hmm. and affection in that moment. And she doesn't want to miss that because that's what she loves. The second thing is setting the lover space. No matter what kind of intimacy you're having, setting up the room, candlelight, music, soft towels, some water perhaps some strawberries or some grapes, some fruit, some warmed avocado or sweet almond massage oil. All of these things show the loving care that goes into setting up time for physical intimacy. And too often couples think that sex should be spontaneous and then they never have it. And I'm of the, I'm of the, uh, the, uh, you know, the belief that when my husband goes into the bedroom and turns on the fireplace and throws the comforter that we use over our bedding and gets this set of towels out and has the oil warmed in the sink that he wants to make love to me. And that makes me feel drawn to him. It's the beginning of the seduction. The next is something that I want to spend a little time on. So I'm going to leave it for last. It's called the sexual soulmate. I'm sorry. This is not the one I want to leave for last. Um, the sexual soulmate pact is really an agreement that you have an open mm. flow of communication in the bedroom, because especially when someone has 
a compromised physicality of some kind, there are days when they're going to feel better than others. And you have to live in the moment of what feels good to each person and be able to communicate that without the other person feeling badly about it. So the sexual soulmate pact is that agreement that you'll just say what you need in the moment because every day is going to be different. Um, The next is something called polarity. That's the masculine feminine. It's You can think about it as giver and receiver. You can think about it in a lot of different ways, but it's the, I am holding you and you are being held. And you can go back and forth, but it's that notion of my masculinity brings out your femininity. Your femininity brings out my masculinity. And it doesn't matter what your sex or gender expression is. You can have all of those things, but it's having the magnetic, the pull of magnetic opposites that really makes intimacy, very sexy. The next is something we started talking about right in the beginning, which was embodied sexuality, which was the, which was the, the body itself, the, the breath, the, the, uh, the, the lover's gaze, the eye connection, the, the heart's connection, the touch, all of our senses, the music in the room, the sound of our breath, the, 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 the speaking of encouragement and appreciation, telling me what you love about me in the moment, um, letting me know that you love me and that you adore me and that you found me so beautiful the whole life that you've spent with me you know these are really important parts of intimacy and then something called erotic play dates because no matter what's going on with you you can learn new ways to have more pleasurable intimacy no matter what's working, you can have orgasms from 20 different, the human body can have 20 different kinds of orgasms. And the 20th one is called wild card. So it's unlimited how much orgasmic pleasure you can have. One of my very good friends who passed recently was wheelchair bound late in life. And he thought that his intimate life was over until he found a girlfriend who didn't care that he was in a wheelchair. And he said he was having the best orgasms of his life and he couldn't feel anything below his neck. So it's always available to us and we can learn new neural pathways, new techniques, new strategies for pleasure that um, when you learn them together and you begin as beginners together to learn new techniques, it keeps the new relationship energy going, even if you've been together for 30 years, like I have with my husband. So those are really the six essentials to connected sex presence, lover space, the agreement that you'll say you speak your needs in the moment, the sexual soulmate pact, polarity, embodied sexuality, and erotic playdates. Wow. In the last few minutes we have, let's talk about the soulmate embrace. Yeah. Yeah. The soulmate embrace came out of the idea that the masculine is usually a little bit more ready to go sexually than the feminine. (laughs) And uh, he's testosterone dominant, which makes him horny every day. And women are on uh, a moon cycle, even after menopause, our Uh our hormones ebb and flow. And yet most women, once you've had sex with them, whatever sex looks like for anyone, um, you actually end up thanking your partner for getting you over the line and having sex. I didn't even start out wanting it, but I'm really glad I had it. Thank you. And the sexual soulmate, the soulmate embrace, which you can download at soulmateembrace.com. It's a free technique that I offer is a technique that teaches couples how to hold and be held and caregivers, especially 
They, they need to learn to be held and not just hold. They're hold-oriented often. They've ended up in the mindset of, I am the one giving, not receiving. And it's very nice to receive. So this can be with either party. Mm. But it's really a hold where often when you hold your partner and you hold them and then they relax, you let go. Okay, they relaxed. But when you hold a soulmate embrace, you actually pull them a little closer and allow them to relax more. And it's a very long, languid, loving embrace that allows a person to feel safe and secure, let emotions come up and be released and settle into a level of relaxation that will finally allow their anxieties to come down to the point where their arousal can begin to rise. And too often when we think about sex, we think about getting someone turned on. I've got to turn the dials and push the buttons to get them turned on. When in reality, what we actually need is to be calmed and be felt made to feel secure and let our emotions go and get out of our head and into our body. Mm -hmm. And this holding technique helps us facilitate that so that the desire can come out. That's amazing. Oh, I wish we had a, a whole nother hour. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, I'll come back. How can listeners reach you if they want to um, ask you questions or maybe or who knows what? Well, I don't do any counseling and I'm not a therapist. I'm a publisher of passionate lovemaking techniques and bedroom communication skills. So, so through I just your books and you speak. Yeah, I just give free advice if people email me. And you can get on my email newsletter when you opt into any of those things, the Magic Pill Method, the Sexual Soulmate Pact, or the Soulmate Embrace. You can just reply to any email that you receive from me and ask me anything you'd like to, and I will reply to you. Well, that's great. I'm going to go on it so that I will be on your list. Um, (laughs) You already have my email address. (laughs) (laughs) I would would recommend to everyone out there, and including you, uh, my new book, um, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times is currently in pre-order. And uh, today's uh, promotion, it's currently at 99 cents for the Kindle. Anyone who buys it is going to pre-order it uh, for the delivery date of May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. Um, Just a reminder, all our live shows become recorded podcasts uh, on the platforms that I mentioned earlier, like YouTube and Blog Talk Radio and Podbean and so on. Don't forget to check out my membership website, caregiverdave.com. It's a free membership support community, lots of tools, resources, free gifts, as well as my Facebook page with the same name. If you're listening to this on a platform and you see a like button or a follow button, please click it. That helps Google's algorithms help this to reach more caregivers. And again, thank you for tuning in each and every week and be uh, helping us to be number one caregiver podcast on the internet. And we uh, appreciate you coming in. So until next time, same time, same channel. Bye-bye. Dave Nassani, the caregiver's caregiver, has just released his sixth book entitled It's My Life Too, Thrive to Stay Alive as a Caregiver. It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first, but just don't know how. Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through because he is one. He now speaks all across the country, offering caregivers his amazing caregiver support package. 
Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency, to put your oxygen mask on first before you help your child with their mask. They know that those who don't heed their advice often black out, thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child. And caregivers are exactly the same way. It's my life to thrive and stay alive as a caregiver will help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet, and social life and learn to put their needs first. Pick up your copy today or buy one for your special caregiver on sale everywhere and at caregiverdave.com. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. 